Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Gospel Nate, the show where we look into the Word of God to see how He wants us to live. Now, last week we talked briefly about the death of Jesus and how that all functioned, what went on during His death spiritually. And the next time we talk on this subject, we're going to be talking about our death and our resurrection and how that relates to Jesus and how it's supposed to function. I believe that message is going to happen on March 2nd, but I will keep you up to date as we get closer to that. But as for now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you have given us your life and your spirit that we might live and be alive Lord, that we might be able to hear from you and do the things that you have called us to do because you have empowered us. So, Father, as we dive into this message and we get more of what you want for us, we just ask that the hearers would be blessed, that they would receive from the message what they need to receive. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we took a detour into the death of Jesus, we were in James. So, let's resume there. James 5, verse 10. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Suffering and patience. The suffering is promised. The patience is not. The patience is a choice. In this passage, the word patience is kakopathia. It means hardship or suffering of evil, trouble or distress. The suffering is promised. If you look in John 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this passage, the word tribulation is the word flipsis. This means pressure. It is often translated as oppression or affliction or tribulation. Why was suffering promised and not patience? You ask. Because suffering comes from two places, ourselves because of our choices, and outside of ourselves because of the world system. The world does not like us because, well, the world doesn't like Jesus, and because we have Jesus, the world doesn't like us. Last week, I talked about the law. We did not need a mystical codex to understand it. The law was written into the very fabric of reality. Do these things, and there will be life. Don't do these other things, and there will be no death. It really does boil down to life and death. We, in our infinite wisdom, however, decided that we knew better than God did. Imagine for a moment that you invented something and gave people an instruction manual for it. These people used the thing you made incorrectly because they thought they knew better. Then the thing you made got broken because it was used incorrectly. Then the people using it got mad at you because things didn't go well and someone died. That's basically how we treat God. Easiest to use point in case. God made sex for marriage. We decided that doing it before marriage was healthier and normal. We reap spiritual and physical death as a consequence of doing it outside of marriage. Then we get mad at God because things went horribly wrong. Or we blast people in our lives for telling us not to do it. Because anyone who says that you should wait until marriage is clearly either out of their minds or a judgmental bigot. I mean, how dare they go by the manufacturer's manual of proper usage? I use this because it's an easy example. We can see the damage pretty quickly, but what about more subtle things like 
coveting. How about lying? We can see the damage from that pretty quickly too, but what about worshiping what you want over what God wants? That would be having other gods before him, namely yourself. But Mr. Nate, that isn't idol worship like the Bible talks about, so you are wrong. Well, the truth of the matter is, if you are sacrificing others and things, as well as sacrificing submission to God to gain something for yourself, for personal gain, then you are worshiping yourself, and that is pride and idol worship. You have become the idol. These are things that are part of the world system way of doing things. Hence, the pressure and tribulation from outside ourselves to worship ourselves and to make things all about ourselves and to gain things for ourselves. When we do not do as the world does, then the world hates us because it calls attention to the fact that they are doing it wrong. And folks, this goes for the church as well. I have literally had people cut me off because I explained the death they were reaping in their lives. This is just part of the suffering that comes from within us. We choose to live by the world system and gain the death as a result. Now, patience on the other hand, that is always a choice. The suffering isn't always a choice when it comes from outside ourselves, but the patience will always be a choice. So suffering was thlipsis or under pressure and patience is macrothermia, otherwise known as long suffering staying under something and bearing with it. The idea is bearing with it until it is done. So, story time. I used to have a job that was objectively not the best managed job in the world. Management was always looking for someone to blame for things that they refused to fix on their end. The company's customers were always mad at them and sending material back because it did not meet the agreed specifications. And in my case, it seemed like I was always in trouble for a lot of things that weren't necessarily my fault, at least not directly. I wanted out of this company so badly, I could almost taste it. Now, a normal person would have just quit and left for something else, something better. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm not a normal person. So I asked the Lord if I could leave. And he said no. And because I'm not one to let things go, I kept asking. But... God is patient though, and he kept telling me no. Things had started hitting the fan on a fairly regular basis at work at this point. I was getting written up for things I had been trained to do incorrectly. I didn't know it wasn't, wasn't correct because that's what I was taught. My responses to the things that were going on and the write-ups were not correct to say the least. And one day while I was minding my own business, because that's when God typically gets to me, he showed me something. He laid out how my pride and bad attitude was tainting everything I was doing and how it was affecting people around me. I could see into the spirit and soul realms and see the effect it was having. It was a sobering moment to say the least. When you can see your sin for what it is, it will change you. And all I was doing was damage everywhere I went and every what thing I was doing. Even if I wasn't in the wrong for what I was doing on the job, even if the world would say I was right in my anger and pride, I was wrong. I was not submitting to the authority of the job and trusting Jesus to lead me correctly. It was all by my effort. It was all by my justification. It was all by my reasoning. 
I was walking out Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6. I was walking in a curse. And I was messing up everyone and everything around me in the process. So now, I had to go apologize to my boss. Needless to say, she was shocked. It was the first time anyone had come to her and apologized to her for their attitude. I didn't make excuses. I just explained that my attitude was wrong and that I had been obstinate in this entire situation. Things began to change after that. At least they did for me. The atmosphere of my work area changed. The workflow got better and faster. Issues began to get resolved better. Sadly, management did not get better. They were still looking for people to blame for their failings. Things had finally reached a point where I was basically throwing away more than half the product that I was making in my area and job satisfaction was just plummeting. I was tired of it and I was bored. Finally, the Lord said I could move on to another job if I wished. He said he would provide for me if I stayed or he would provide for me if I moved on. The thing is, is that I had lessons I needed to learn at this job and I was not learning them. In fact, it took me four years to learn these lessons. Most of them pertain to humility. Some of them pertain to obedience. And a bunch of them pertain to trusting Jesus to take care of a situation. The suffering in this story came from both inside of me and outside of me. There were things that were happening to me, but a lot of the things that were happening resulted in me making poor responses to the situations and not listening to what Jesus was telling me. So we went around this mountain for about four years, learning the same lesson over and over again. The patience or long suffering in this situation was a choice. No one was able to force me to have patience. I was submitted to God in as far as leaving or staying at that job, but that was about as far as I was submitted. If I had learned the lesson sooner, maybe I could have gotten out sooner, maybe not. I don't really know. I could have definitely told God I didn't care what he wanted and left under my own power, and he would have not stopped me because, you know, free will. But eh, suffering would follow me because the issue was in me. Bad management and bad work conditions exist almost everywhere you go. It's not like things would have gotten automatically better by just going to a different job, especially if my attitude hadn't changed. This is a case of long-suffering for your own benefit. There are times when the long-suffering is for the sake of a brother or sister in Christ. You end up putting up with their immaturity as you are trying to help them grow, or you endure someone's crappy attitude because you know they do not know any better, and they won't hear it from you. This is where the whole relationship with Jesus comes into play. How will you know the right response if you aren't hearing from Jesus? How will you know how to love the person or people if you aren't hearing from Jesus? How will you know how to respond to a bad situation if you aren't hearing from Jesus? Now, don't get me wrong. This is not about you being some magnanimous saint who is all holy. Most of this is about you learning how to mature and grow up in Christ. It really isn't about other people as much as it is about you. But when you change, it will affect other people. And if you refuse to change, it will also affect other people. You can have an effect on a work environment, and you can have an effect on the people in the work environment. It doesn't matter if they're Christian or not. They will see your responses and understand that is being who Jesus is. No pressure. 
right? So whether you are learning something for yourself or you are there to be salt and light to someone else, your response matters. It matters a lot. We do not operate in a vacuum. So it's not like we can just look at things and say, well, it's just me and my life, so it shouldn't matter to anyone else because it truly and really does. Our passage concludes today with James 5 verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord was very compassionate and merciful. That word endure is the Greek word hupomeno. It means to stay under. This is a whole lot of submission. First, we have suffering. Then we have patience or long suffering. And then we have enduring or staying under. All of these work together to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But only if your response is correct. Job is worth a read for this very reason. His response was correct through most of the story. In the end, God sets Job straight on a few points, but Job submits, which is a correct response. And the end of Job's life is better than the beginning of it, because as verse 11 says, God is very compassionate and merciful. Is anyone else noticing a pattern here? Virtually every episode so far has had something to do with submission, submitting to Jesus and what he is trying to lead you in, which takes relationship. And what have I been trying to drive home since day one? Relationship, relationship, relationship. You can't go to church enough to gain it. You can't do enough good works to get it. You absolutely must, without exception, be taking time to talk to Jesus. That is literally the only way this is going to work. Just look back at Job. What did he do the entire time he was sitting in ashes? He kept seeking God. How long did he sit there? What we do know is that Job's friends sat in silence with him for seven days and nights. We know it took time for them to hear about what happened to Job. We know it would take time for them to prepare to travel. We do not know how long the dialogue took. We do know that at the end of everything, however, Job did hear from God. Maybe not what he was expecting to hear, but he heard, and he obeyed, and he was blessed. Most of us would give up after about three days and just call it quits. Well, I haven't heard anything yet, so I guess I won't hear anything, we say. How presumptuous of us. If we are faithful, Jesus is more faithful. If we are unfaithful, Jesus is still more faithful. Keep at it no matter how long it takes. And remember that the answer may not be the answer you were expecting. But most importantly, be prepared to obey what you are told. Submit with a good attitude, knowing that Jesus cares more about you than you care about you. Even if it seems like it is going to really, really stink to do it, trust him. You will have no grounds to trust him in big things if you are unwilling to trust him in the smaller details. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. Lord, we thank you for this day and for your word. Lord, we know that the biggest issue we have is not just trusting you, but being obedient to what you've told us. So Lord, for the hearers of this message, I ask that you would use the examples and use the words to help people move in the direction they need to move. Lord, that it would be a constant reminder of what submission looks like and how it functions and how it will benefit them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You are blessed. Go out there, talk to Jesus, gain the relationship, and above all, be obedient to what he's telling you. God bless.